0: Hello everybody, welcome back to the next episode of the Chase McAndrew Podcast. Today, I'm not going to lie, I am very, very happy because I'm talking about what could be my favorite slasher film of all time. That is Friday the 13th Part 4, the final chapter. Or if you're a Friday the 13th purist, you just want me to call it Friday the 13th, the final chapter... Which would be dumb, because this is not the final chapter, even though that's the title of the movie. Which is funny, because the franchise has never been... At least this film in the franchise has never been Lucasified. But they've never changed the title to just Friday the 13th Part 4. They've kept it the final chapter. And of course, it's not even close to the final chapter. There's, what, six or seven? There's seven more movies after this one, which is... Sanity. Um, but yeah, Paramount Pictures really was like, we don't want to do these anymore. They're making us a lot of money. We're kind of, you know, no, we we, kinda, we just don't want to be associated with these gross, disgusting, violent horror films anymore. But shame on you, Paramount. Back in the day. I hate 80s. A- a- 80s studios who had horror franchises suck. Because they, they just, they're like, we don't want these anymore. Whiny, whiny, whiny little babies. So they said, Okay, let's do this. Shall we? Let's Make one last film. We'll make it the best one yet. And then, and then we'll be done. And that's what they did. Oh, and by the way, I should mention uh, my Bond review for The World Is Not Enough will be coming out in the next couple days. Forgot to say that one. Just letting you guys know. Back to the final chapter. Let's talk about the cast really quickly. Let's talk about Corey Feldman and Kimberly Beck as Tommy and Trish Jar and and, and Trish Jarvis. Um, these two are really really good. Um, Corey Feldman. This is pre Goonies. This is pre a lot of stuff in his in his um, filmography. He was a little kid in this. He was like ten, eleven, twelve years old, something something like that. And he's really good in this movie. You could tell that Corey Feldman was going to be something in this movie. And yeah, he's Corey Feldman in the 80s. He can really do no wrong. I mean, really. He's really good as young Tommy Jarvis in this movie. Kimberly Beck as his sister, Trish, is equally as good. She is technically the final girl of this film. And yeah, she's... Pretty awesome. I mean, honestly, she does her job really, really well in this movie. Movie. <laughs> and then we have Ted White, who is actually uncredited as Jason Voorhees. Um, yeah, he is fantastic. He is my personal favorite Jason Voorhees actor. Perfect portrayal. Because he 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 takes what Richard Brooker did in part three, who's also one of my favorites, and he just ramped it up to like ten and just did it oh so well. Oh it's so good. He is so so good in this movie. Which is funny because if you watch the six hour documentary on the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, uh, Crystal Lake Memories, I believe is what it's what's called. He says he was a, he was he was embarrassed to be in this movie, so he went uncredited. But he but he wished that if he would have known the the franchise's success, he would have done all the rest of the films as Jason in the in in, in the franchise. And then we have. A couple faces that we know, I would say, in this film, we have Peter Barton and Crispin Glover. Peter Barton plays a stoner in this film. He is um he is he he's so funny. That's the thing about this this movie with this with this core cast of teenagers. They are not counselors. They 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 they're not counselors. They're just people. They're they're just kids going up for the weekend or whatever to 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 a cabin and across street from them is the Jarvis fam family near Crystal Lake and Jason hunts all of them down and kills them all. It's great. It's fantastic. And then we have the immortal Crispin Glover. Um, if you know um, my Bond series, his father. Um, his father was, um, oh, uh, what's his name? Bruce Glover, I believe. Bruce Glover, right? In Diamonds Are Forever, um, he's one of the henchmen in that movie, along with, uh, Putter Smith, uh, Mr. Winton, Mr. Kidd, uh, respectfully, for those guys. Um, yeah, his son, Crispin Glover, was already a big star, getting there at least. He would be in, um,. He would be in the first um, uh, Back to the Future film the next year in 1985 uh, as um, uh, Marty as Marty McFly's dad in that film. Um, he would not be in the be in the sequels though because I don't actually know why I can't remember why. But anyway, we're on Friday the 13th right right now. So anyway, this movie, like I said in the beginning. Pulls out all the stops, makes it the best film uh, yet of the, of, of the four films in the franchise, and it's great. The kills are great, the the characters are maybe the best of the whole franchise. It's just such a great, great slasher, and if you are, if you are. An, 80s slasher, man, this has to be one of the ones that you see, because it's so good, and the director, Joseph Zito, by the way, I should say, he lights this film so well, to make it feel like there's almost no light, which is insanity, by the way, because How how do I explain this? The way he frames Jason and shoots Jason... Is in shadows and the backlighting. And it just makes... And Ted White's a big guy, but it makes him look even bigger because... Of the way he's lit. And it makes him look scarier, too. To be honest with you. It... it it's so good the way he's shot in this movie, and it also helps that the makeup job. While I still like the Part Three look the best, this is a close second for me because the makeup job in this movie, the way the mask looks, his head looks, and even the face when he's finally un, when he's unmasked at the end of the film. You have this this creepy face, and it looks like the part three, but like the next evolution of what the face would look like. Because Jason never looks the same in any other film, which is awesome and hilarious, and just shows that this franchise has no anything for continuity whatsoever. It's absolutely hysterical. But let's get into the kills. Because Tom Sermine did the kills in the original film, in in that first 19, in in that first nineteen eighty film, and they were great, and they still are to this day. But they got him back for part four, and like what the movie does, he pulls out all the stops and says, okay. Let's make this the best. You want to kill Jason because, yes, Jason actually does die at the end of this. He dies at the end of the second one. He dies at the end of the third one. And I use air quotes over over, over dies in both two and three. I guess he really doesn't die in the two, but whatever. He actually dies in this film. In 1984, Jason Voorhees was actually dead. He was dead. But the kills before that, all of them are good. Blood effects, the way that they're killed, the, the makeup is just, oh, huh. One of the opening kills is a morgue, um, is a guy who works at a morgue. named name's Axel. And he's this, like, perverted, freaky guy. Who likes to watch nineteen eighties uh workout dance videos? It's amazing, it's fantastic, and it it starts right where part three left off, and you and and Joseph Zito, the director, holds off for that to when Jason's gonna come back because you know he's gonna be back because it's part four for the final chapter. So he kills the nurse first, it's a great kill. Then he kills Axel, the morgue dude. He takes a hacksaw, and he's like not even halfway through the dude's neck, and he just keeps sawing the dude's neck. And then he twists the guy's neck, the guy's neck around to the back of his. Uh, so 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 his, so his so his eyes are literally in the back of his head. It, it, I mean, it's just, he twists his whole neck around. It's awesome kill. When you see the blood and the guts coming out, when he's sawing the dude's, sawing the dude's neck, oh, it's just, and they twist it around, it's like, oh my God, Tom Savini, you are a wickedly screwed up man, or whoever the hell gives you these ideas, because my Lord. I mean, he just starts sawing, he grabs the dude by the head, And Ethel's trying to, like, get him off. And then, like, two seconds later, you you see the sock man start sawing the dude's head. It's like, oh, my God. It is awesome. Oh, it's so awesome. Ugh. And then we have the Crispin Glover kill, which I almost don't want to spoil for you guys because it's so great, but I have to talk about it. So, in the film, Crispin Glover's character, Jimmy, is the sad sack, basically. He... Excuse my language, but he calls himself the dead fuck. Or, or, or at least his friend does. His friend Doug, played by Peter Barton, calls him a dead fuck in the movie. So, actually, no, I'm sorry. Ted is is his friend. Not, well, yeah, he, Doug is his friend, but the other, uh, but the, Ted and Jimmy are friends. Sorry, I got that mixed up. His friend Ted, not, not Doug. Jimmy's friend Ted is he's the stoner sorry jimmy or doug is just like he's like the hot dude that 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 the girls like in the film not ted's the stoner sorry i got them mixed up because there's a lot of freaking characters in this franchise that get, that get killed and a lot of them have the same type of uh personalities and attitudes and stuff like that so anyway um Jimmy's kind of the sad sack, you know. He, his his friend Ted calls him the dead fuck and everything. So he finally gets the girl. He gets one of the twins, which is um, which is hilarious. By the by the way, it's it's absolutely hysterical. And they're up in the bedroom having sex, and he's like, "I gotta go downstairs and get some wine." So he goes downstairs and gets some wine, and his friend Ted, who's the stoner, is downstairs watching. Like 1930s, 1940s porn on a projection screen and a film reel. It's fantastic. And he goes, and he looks in the fridge and he goes, Hey, Ted. Hey, Ted, where's the corkscrew? And his hand is still on the countertop, but he's turned around facing Ted. He doesn't know that Ted's dead. And then for a quick second, you see Jason come into frame. And he stabs him with the hand with the corkscrew. And he turns around. He goes ah, and then two seconds later, the camera cut. It cuts and and towards him, towards towards the fridge, and Jason just puts the machete in his face. And you just see his face twitch for about two seconds before it cuts. It's awesome. It is awesome. Oh, it's such a nice kill. Oh, it's great. So now let's talk about the hitchhiker. Who is uh, E. Eric Anderson? He's, uh, that's who he's played by. His name's Rob. Um, he is the brother of one of the girls in Part Two. Um, we don't really, we didn't really know that for a long time. It was kind of like unclear because these, these films take place in consecutive days. The first movie takes place on on Friday on Friday the Thirteenth, right? The second one takes place five years later, something like that, on Friday the 13th as well, part two. Part three is Saturday the 14th, and this movie takes place on Sunday the 15th. So when, it's funny, because you see a newspaper paper and, and it says, girl's been missing for weeks, so that's only like four days, three, three, four days. It's hysterical. But anyway, that's, it. again, continuity in the franchise doesn't really matter, but that's fine. You, you have, you, you have this character, and he's a hitchhiker, his kill. This movie's more of a horror comedy. It, it's still taken seriously more than part sex. Part sex is pretty much a straight horror comedy, this movie is a horror movie with some great comedy in it. That's what I would call it, at least. When, when Rob the Hitchhiker gets killed, he's in the basement of the driver's house trying trying to fend off Jason. And you don't actually see it because he's he's in the pitch, he's in the dark. You just see, like, his upper chest and his head and his arms. And you see Jason hacking away at him. And all the guy's doing is, HE'S KILLING ME! He's killing me. Oh my God, he's killing me. He's killing me. Oh, it's like it's like, a minute and a half of that. It's so funny. It's totally impossible because the way you'd be able to talk when a guy's hacking at your stomach and your chest. No way. But it's just, it's so funny. He's killing me. Oh my God, it hurts. He's killing me. Oh oh, oh. oh my God, it's so funny. It's so hot. Oh, that movie's so much fun. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Oh, I love this movie so much. It's literally one of my favorites. It, it might be my favorite slasher of all time. It's my favorite of, of, of the Friday the, the, the 30th franchise. It's so, so good. I love it. If, if you haven't seen this movie, go watch it. It's so good. It's so much fun. It, 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 it's like the perfect 80s slasher. It's low budget. It's corny. It's cheesy. It's funny, but it's the '80s, baby. And the '80s are the '80s for a reason. The '80s, man. Oh, I love this movie. Did I rate? Did I rate my Nightmare Three? I think I did. I think I gave what Nightmare Three one A or an A minus. I'm gonna give this movie an A minus as well. Yeah, this movie's great. I love this movie. It's so much fun. It's so good. Go watch it. It's amazing. It's just just oh, uh, it's so good. So that's it. That's my second horror review for October for 2020. I totally messed that up. It's the October horror reviews for 2020. My god, I'm losing it. Go watch it. Go watch this movie. It's so much fun. All right, guys. I'll see you next time. Don't forget in the next couple days, I will be I will be doing my My third Pierce Brosnan film, the, what, 18th, 17th film in the franchise? The world is not enough. All right, everybody. I'll see you later. Bye.